All right, so I do have a question about people who buy uh, certain things at the grocery store. I was judging someone the other day. I usually don't do this. I buy my stuff, I have my headphones on, and I'm my mom business. You don't judge people? <laughs> Not the grocery I, store. I judge people. Not I don't the know grocery about you. store. No, I let them buy what they want to buy, whatever. Okay. Uh, an individual bought boxed, fully cooked bacon. Now, where do you stand on that? What's your stance on buying fully cooked bacon ready to eat in the box? Um, I've had it before. Look, I, that's never what I do. I always buy uncooked bacon and fry it in the pan. Um, but, like, I get why some people do it. Like, for instance, you know, if you're going to do, maybe you're, he's making, like, a Cobb salad and he just need <laughs> like, to be easily, like, <laughs> break, break up some, uh, some bacon bits, you know, and not have to worry about it being hot. Oh, but but I would imagine that'd be chewier. Wouldn't it be like chewier bacon if it's now I've never had pre cooked bacon, so I don't know. Right. Yeah, it definitely is. It's it's because it's not crispy, right? Mm. And that's typically what you want. But for I don't know, some people have different preferences. Look, I'm not a fan. Um no. I, I do love a good cob salad though. Big cob yeah, salad. Good cob salad yes. is, is delicious. Yes. Um that's well, why salads there. went so far in our <laughs> in our bracket. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, I mean I would never do that. In fact, I'm pretty picky about the kind of bacon I do buy. Okay. Like I'll, you'll never catch me just buying jimmy dean or like basic like i Jimmy's. go for i go for I the like the thick cut like higher end stuff like honestly what i like to do is go to the meat counter and, and get the actual okay. bacon from them because it's so much better or if you can't do that then you like there's a few different brands where it's i mean it's kind of expensive it's like eight to ten dollars for like a pack of bacon um, See, it's classy you're classy. you go to the butcher well for meat especially i feel like you get that's where like that's where the the flavor's at flavor town baby yeah. guy fieri um is i love going to the actual to like a, a deli like an actual meat deli or just like you know the meat counter at your grocery store and getting something that's a little better especially when you're like making homemade burgers that kind of stuff you know who loves thick cut bacon ed orgeron did you see ed owen is a little uh press conference he did this week i did yeah <laughs> so so great i'm glad you brought that up so uh, obviously you know um we're back in, in woos media studios we're back it's it's september 7th it's week two uh i'm your host all as always will chambers uh with me tyler walgy professional better hello uh no producer smitty today he's feeling under the weather no big guy no Friday so Ryan. Se- send out the the positive vibes to uh to the big guy yeah um, he had a cough and uh I I I could I said look you're coughing you got to stay away. Yeah, I mean whatever. Um, but look, I, since COVID hit, I'm just a weirdo with that stuff. Well, man. yeah, I'm washing my hands a lot. I'm, I feel like you were potent. Like I don't know, if, were you always like kind of like <laughs> no, a bit of a germaphobe not, before that? Not really, but I could have been. Like it was my personality to where I was only one step away yes. at all times. I never it never triggered me until it definitely COVID. makes sense that like because yeah. like when yeah when we were in the throes of it like I know you were super hardcore. You like never Very left the hardcore, house. Yeah, and so hazmat suit type. Yeah, of stuff. I mean, um, do you regret? Uh, since it's obviously, obviously it was just a big fraud. <laughs> um, look, no, because we're, we're going to get our podcast taken down. I got uh, <laughs> right. I got. Uh, I liked COVID. You know, I got a lot of work. When games slowed down, it was incredible how much work I was able to get done in terms of building my process. Well, that's what I didn't like at first was when all the sports when there were no sports. And then remember, like all you get was like Korean baseball, or and they Madden. had like they had like stuffed stuffed animals in, yes. in, in the front rows of the seats and shit. I, I was betting on Madden with my buddies. Got what a time to be alive and it basically it almost ruined college football i mean it basically did that year you had like six six game you know pac-12 and and big 10 schedules just garbage um but uh you mentioned coach o and i want to bring that up because we do have some college football news we we have a good show we've got news uh for college football we're going to bring back uh the first edition of asses of fire of the 2022 season um we've got another a tyler's outdated movie review selection 
for for next week. And then, of course, we're breaking down week two games, and there's some good ones on the board. Uh, for those um, for those new to the show, uh, yes. we we definitely do some pop culture stuff here or there. You know, it's it's in the the, the yeah. subtitle of the show. We love pop culture, exactly. And if you don't know what asses of fire is, I mean, you're going to find out, <laughs> but uh, that might be confusing to some. So you just stick with us. Don't yeah. don't turn but, off just yet. But the the whole premise of the uh, outdated movie reviews is yes. I haven't seen that many movies so uh, like Star Wars was one from last year that's right and so I'll watch old movies come back in review so we'll pick one today for Except me to watch this week to, just to, as a refresher because if there are lots of new listeners we get them every week but you watched one Star Wars movie and you watched huh. the episode one well, you didn't start with episode four look, we're the, not the original in, Star Wars we're not going to get into this again but it, going into Star Wars from the outside looking in <laughs> I had no idea about Star Wars the only thing I knew was like Yoda maybe Darth Vader I only knew a couple characters I knew nothing and so to me it made sense why not start episode one and go to the last episode? That makes sense. It was, oh, you should start with episode four and then go five, six, and then go back to one. Like, <laughs> yeah, That didn't make sense to me. Well, that's how it was presented. That's how the art was meant to be, um, you know, consumed. Right. But when, when, when George Lucas has completed the however many movies, now he's told the entire story. I want to watch the story from beginning to end. Right, I want to watch it how it Sometimes the fun part is not knowing the that's, origin that's story and then me. finding it out later on. It's like a prequel. No, that's not fun for me. That's the whole point. No. So, But anyway, we are bringing back uh, Tyler's outdated movie reviews. And actually, this is exactly why we do timestamps in the notes. <laughs> Some of <laughs> If you haven't noticed that yet, go to the notes of every show. We have timestamps for all the breakdowns. So that's right. Good. Yeah. Um, but call, let's lead off with some college football news. So obviously none bigger than the, the 12-team playoff is now official. Uh, we talked about it a little bit in last week's show, um, but that was when things were rumored. Now it's official starting as soon as 2026 and possibly earlier. They're going to a 12-team playoff format. Yes. Um, the the rules are pretty good. I believe it's the the six conference winners, the top six ranked conference winners, get like a, fir- a first round bye, I think, and then the other um, the other six. It's, after that, it's just the top six ranked teams overall, regardless of conference. And the best part, in my opinion, is that in the first round games, you're actually going to pe- they're going to be played on campuses. So we're going to have playoff That's games awesome. that, that aren't on neutral sites, How which cool I think is, is amazing. Yeah, That is so much fun. I love the idea of this. I don't get why so many people are being so – and it's not so many people. It's a select few are being so against It's pretty this. common, though. Uh, 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 like, was it Mark Reese? What's it? Reese uh, – Reese uh, Davis? Reese Davis, thank you, from ESPN. Uh, he, he's been vocal about it, saying it's not a good thing for the sport. It's, we're going backwards. This no. Is not- uh, okay, look. I The argument that people say about how it's just going to be more blowouts, like, yeah, that's fine. There already are blowouts. We already know that when you know the, the four-ranked team that doesn't belong is playing Alabama, it's probably not going to go well. Now, it's not always like that. We've had playoff years. I mean, the very first playoff year, Ohio State – who no one thought even deserved to make it, beat Alabama in the first round, went on to win the national championship. So it's not a guarantee. But with how the the landscape of college football is now, is that there's really, typically it's like a top two or three teams, and they're way better than everyone else. So yeah, yeah. there's going to be blowouts. But guess what? When you get that like, you know, five seed playing the nine seed or whatever the seeding is going to be, those games could be awesome. And they will be more important than just the Holiday Bowl or, you know, a New Year's Six Bowl that, that really doesn't mean anything. And... It's going to keep players that maybe would sit out normally, which which a lot of fans are pissed about. That's been happening more and more. Players sit out their bowl games because they don't mean anything. That's a good point. Now you're going to have players that, that probably stay because they go, hey, if we win this game, we have a chance to go and play You know, the three seed in the playoff. I mean, 
all good points. We're going to get a lot more players playing in, in bigger games. I like it because there's more opportunities. And it's going to be interesting to see how the uh, sports books come out and price some of these things. For new, sure. New chapters in sports mean new opportunities. So I'm really excited for this. Bigger games, more of them in, in that meaty part of the season, you know, the end of the year, holiday, uh, holiday time. I can't wait for it, man. It's going to be great. When does it start? Uh, so officially 2026, but they're saying that they're looking at negotiating the current deals to start it maybe 2024. Well, as long um, as they can all make more sweet, sweet money. Of course, that'll that's get what it's about. That'll well, get all redacted and changed. One of the cool things, too, is that, and I saw Joel Klatt mention this, um, big fan of Joel Klatt, and he came he out and said... CU quarterback, Colorado that's quarterback. That's right, former Buffalo, Pride does a Colorado great job Buffalo. on Fox. Uh, we're a big fan of his... And he, one of the great points he made is that so much of of coaching um, success is based off of, of making it to the playoff, right? I mean, how many coaches have potentially been fired because they didn't make it to a playoff or kept their job because they did make it to a playoff, right? right. And you look at actually the teams. Now, some of this is a little bit murky, murky because what this is is a list of teams that going back – historically, if we had had a 12-team playoff, would have made a playoff appearance. And I know that that's not necessarily true because, frankly, I think that they're going to manipulate those rankings when the time comes uh, to get the, you know, when they can get the best teams in there or the best brands in there. So maybe some of these teams wouldn't have made it, you know, if you actually want to go back and do like revisionist history on that. But a really fun list to think about of teams that actually would have by now made a college football playoff. Um, Penn State, Baylor, Florida, Wisconsin, Ole Miss, TCU, UCF, Southern Cal, Utah, Arizona, Auburn, Boise State, Coastal Carolina, Tyler, Tyler, the Colorado Buffaloes. Oh, my God. Houston, Indiana, Iowa, Iowa State. Shout out Matt Campbell. uh, Kansas State, Memphis, Miami, Mississippi State, North Carolina, Oklahoma State, Pitt, Stanford, A&M, and Good God. Wyoming. Okay. <laughs> oh, wait. No, sorry. That's Western Michigan. Oh, well, still. That's about but it. even still, that's Broncos. incredible, right? Both Broncos? All those teams would have had. Cowboys. Yes. No, Cowboys. For no, they're the Broncos. No, uh, Wyoming Cowboys? Wyoming Cowboys. Yeah, sorry. Uh, Western Michigan Broncos. But. Uh, isn't, that, isn't that amazing? All those teams would have made a playoff. That makes me sad that I hear Colorado in there because <laughs> I would have loved to see that. How cool would that right? have been? But that's amazing. That's what's so great for the sport. That yes. is what the sport needs. And that's what the sport's been missing is good fundamental changes that would grow and enhance right. the sport that have a, fun, that have a reason. How many changes have we seen in the last couple decades that it seems like it's random, right? right. I mean, I know going from the BCS to, to the new system we have, there was meaning behind that, but I love this. Good news for college football. And I do have one piece of news on uh, Coastal Carolina. Okay. Will, I've got a one-minute clip. Can I play? I, I play more sounds than producer Ryan, right? I, I got a lot of sounds when I fill You're a in, sound guy. When I slide over. I've got a one-minute clip. This was uh, this day in sports history, <laughs> 2011, Coastal Carolina... Uh, then head coach David Bennett's legendary Cats and Dogs ring. Oh, yeah. Trying to get our two boys ready to carry them to the golf tournament for practice, right? Twelve cats live across the road. Our door's open. Screen's broke. We need to get a new screen door. But the screen's broke, so you can come in through the screen, but you can't get back out of it. I turn and look, there's a little kitty cat in our, in our kitchen. So I said, what are you doing in here, little kitty cat? <laughs> By that time, eh, the cat turns, tries to get back out. That screen won't go that way. Cat starts going all crazy. And I told our players, we need more dogs. Bo's barking in the back. I have to go shut Bo up. Mel's like, what's going on? I said, there's a cat in the house. Cat in the house? I said, yeah, there's a cat in the house. <laughs> so I told our players, I tried to let it out the front door. The cat's still going crazy in there. And I told our players, 
You need to be more like a dog. We don't need a bunch of cats in here. Yeah, looking in the mirror. Do I look good? I got my extra bands on. I got my other shoes on. Be a dog. We don't need no meows. We don't need no cats. We yeah, need more dogs. Legendary uh, speech. Great. I still remember watching that on SportsCenter for the first time. You said it was 10, 15 years ago? Uh, it was uh, 2011. Okay, so yeah, yeah, yeah 11, 11 years, years ago. ago. Yeah. I mean, wow, incredible. First of all, um, I don't know where that guy is now. But clearly, you know, he didn't get the coastal program to where it is today. That's that's someone else's He's job. He's no Jamie Chadwell. But like, that's like Mike Leach level of like craziness that's that crazy. I you just have to appreciate. See, that that's what you don't get in other sports is that crazy level of head coach. I mean, look at Mike Leach, Mike Gundy. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of crazy in college football For right sure. now. Jim that, Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh. Remember, remember Les Miles? That was he was Les pinnacle Miles of the crazy, was, right? Les Miles had, had a lot of that in him. So, yeah, that's just a great. See, but quote. what I don't get, admittedly, is just because the cat is meowing, yeah. he need, like that's bad. And now he and I'm I'm a dog person. You know this. We're what? both dog people. I'm actually yeah. allergic to cats. Yeah, big dog guy. But if you're gonna be like, I need my players to be more like dogs. You could argue you want your your players to be more like cats because cats are like vicious murderers. It was a strange example because I think he was saying the cat couldn't find his way out of the house yeah. and couldn't get out. But I mean, have you never like had seen a house cat that just brings a dead animal yeah. in its mouth? And, <laughs> and, and dogs will do that too, but cats will do it much more viciously. Yeah. And so actually, I, I think you could make the argument that if you're going to have a team that was full of dogs or cats, dogs. you might want a team that's that's cats. We need more dogs. has the spirit of cats. Yeah. But I do love that. That is an, an incredible uh, piece yeah, of college football history, so yeah. I love it. Um, now, the other piece of news, obviously, we have updated the AP uh, Top 25 is out. You know, we're not going to just uh, go through all of them, but obviously the biggest movers, Florida's all the way up to 12 after their win over Utah. What were they ranked before? Not ranked. Oh, wow. Typical AP. That's right. Uh, same thing. Tennessee came in from not ranked. Um, you had Utah drop six spots. Notre Dame dropped three spots. Michigan jumped up four spots. So now the top four is Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, Clemson right after that, Texas A&M, Oklahoma, Notre Dame, Baylor, and then USC to round out the top 10. Okay. How do you feel about USC being in the top 10 right now? Uh, I've got USC in my rankings number uh, 14. Okay. Yeah. See, to me, I want to see more. And if they, I think this weekend with, if, you know, if they get a big win over Stanford, maybe it's deserving, but to me, I'm not sure that I would put them, you know, ahead of some of those teams just yet until I see, I just want to see improve it. I certainly think they have the, the capability to be that, but well, um, look, my takeaway from the AP top 25 is it's the AP top 25. It's laughable. It's a joke. There's no real rhyme or reason. You don't take the associated press seriously. Taylor? No, no, my God, this is, this is, it's look, it's fun for us. It's banter. It's content. It's talking points. Uh, we can compare it to maybe my ratings or other ratings to see the, the differences, but it's, it's just silly. Like to see a team go from unranked, which means, Outside the top twenty-five to uh, where's Florida this week? Twelve, eleven. Uh, Florida is twelve. So Florida's twelve. So I mean, that's just such a huge upgrade. It's overreaction. It's a little bit of an overreaction. I mean, look, sometimes you're going to upgrade teams. We posted today on our uh, Instagram and Twitter account uh, my biggest upgrades and downgrades of the week, and you'll see some four-point upgrades, some some three and a half-point upgrades, which is a huge chunk. You're never going to see that, right. you know, come week ten, but. Uh, that's the only reason I'd give a little slack to the AP in that situation. But overall, it's, it, it is a joke. There's no real rhyme or reason. But uh, to compare Florida and my rankings, I've got Florida 
uh, 23rd right now. Okay. So yeah. you don't want to overreact Until they, on one Again, week. prove it. That's what I have to say. I mean, look. The win over, over Utah was big, but we need sure. some more. By the way, follow us on Twitter at CFB underscore pod, and then follow us on Instagram at College Paul Tailgate. That's where we're going to, you know, on, on Twitter, we're posting your regular Twitter stuff comments. I try to post memes throughout the day. Will's the meme daddy. Uh, I am the meme daddy. <laughs> uh, it's Instagram, we're posting, you know, more like content related to the show, right? Yeah. And so... um. But you know what's funny? When I think of the Associated Press, even still, the image that comes into my mind when I just hear the Associated Press is like a journalist from the 60s that has the bowler <laughs> cap with like the card in it so that everyone knows they're a journalist. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's yeah. wearing like, like a jacket. He looks kind of like, uh, like what you see when you see pictures of Bear Bryant. The Associated Except Press. with the journalist card like tucked into their cap. Yeah, they talk like the old school, huh? Yeah, the Associated see? Press, you know? Yeah. Yeah, number one, Alabama, you know? <laughs> uh, and the last big piece of college football news, really positive news, by the way, especially if you're a Demon Deacon fan or just a fan of people being healthy, is Sam Hartman gets cleared for oh, Wake the Forest. the applause is back. I mean, we thought, and a lot of people thought, there's a good chance he was going to miss the whole season. It turns out it was a blood clot-related issue, and he has officially been cleared. Uh, should play even this week, and I think that we know that because the line for Wake Forest jumped like six points when that hap- when that news came out. And so obviously he was huge for them last year, um, and, and if Wake Forest is going to have a chance to compete in the ACC, they definitely need him uh, uh, under center or you know, uh, behind center, I guess you could say, in the shotgun. Six-point upgrade for uh, Wake Forest. Massive. Huge upgrade. So uh, expect to see them play with a lot of life this week, and uh, it's just great to see him back. Yeah, I mean, that's just great news for, you know, a, a guy who has so much promise, and, you know, we're, we're talking about an NFL career as well, and for him to be only have to miss the week one game, which was against a nobody team anyway, uh, it's huge. So very happy for Sam Hartman and all the Wake Forest fans out there, of which yeah. there are many. Totally. So we got a lot of Wake Forest listeners, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yes, we do. The Demon Deacons. The Deeks. Um, uh, ass is a fire, Tyler. Ass is a fire. We're back. We are back. Oh, shoot. I didn't even get the uh, sound clip. What are we doing? Here, let me pull it up and then... Uh, Unbelievable. Well, All I right. mean, honestly, so, I didn't even, I'm, I'm not the producer. I'm let filling me, in Let today. me give everyone just a quick explanation because there are new listeners. You know, all of our, uh, our loyal tailgaters know the ass is a fire segment, but basically uh, it's, a, it's a reference to South Park, uh, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut. The Terrence and Phillip movie, which was called Asses of Fire, I think two. I could be wrong. Um, but it's about which coaches are on the hot seat. All right, I found it. I got the mute. All right, let's do it. Uh, hi. I want six tickets to Asses of Fire. Bingo. We're back. <laughs> Bingo, um, bango, bongo. It's only week two, but even still, I actually have a, a, a legit three-person list of who's on the hot seat, and I have a fourth that I think isn't. But could be. Well, I'll go to coacheshotseat.com. We always reference this, and I'll let you know who they have after you give me yours. This is just like we only go to the top sources. We go to istexasback.com, <laughs> coacheshotseat.net, um, topcollegefootball.org. Right, yeah. <laughs> only the top sources for us because we are, after all, journalists. Yeah, um, obviously, number one is Scott Frost. Everyone knows it. Uh, they struggled last week even after, of course, the embarrassing loss to Northwestern. Uh, they do get the win last week, I think, against like North Dakota or something. Yeah, it's it's cooking under Scott Frost's okay. seat. Um, I still think he is like a a good coach to have on a staff, maybe head coach not so much. If he does get fired from Nebraska, he's going to end up being an offensive coordinator somewhere, and I think that he'll do well again in that role, and maybe he's better suited to a different program than, than what Nebraska is, but... 
He's got to be the coach in the hottest, uh, hottest number one. seat right now. Yes, number one on this as well. And uh, no doubt, you need to get rid of him. Uh, too much of a pretty boy to be a good coach. I've always said that. <laughs> is he a pretty boy? Uh, I don't really think that he's particularly pretty. Pretty boy. What's um, that? What movie is that from? Something pretty boy. Uh, Think again, shit. pretty boy. No, it's it's Seinfeld. Oh, it is Seinfeld. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's what uh, what Newman's nice game, pretty nice boy, game, pretty boy. Um, Hernandez. Hey, by I, the way, for I the can't audience, I got that before you. That's great. So that's a uh, feather one in my for cap. That. Yeah, exactly. And so for the audience, by the way, this is a uh, this is the uh, hot seat sound effect. That's, oh, that's crackling uh, wood. Interesting, like, like a campfire. Yeah, no, I think. I mean, I still I want the audience to be like, sense. "What's wrong with my speakers right now in the car?" That's right. Or they're like, "Is crackling. my car on fire?" Yeah, um, exactly. your, hopefully, your car's not on fire. Uh, next up on my list, the number two hottest seat is Scott Satterfield of Louisville. Ooh, Scott! Now, so they got Scott number ten on this list. I think that this is that that he's got to turn this around fast. They had an embarrassing loss. They got worked by Syracuse. Um, Thankfully, that we almost made that a bet board game in the I almost, preseason. I almost took Syracuse, and thankfully yeah. we didn't, um, because I'm already losing on the bet board, and my picks aren't doing great. But I really felt like this was Louisville's year to have, you know, a, a step in the positive direction, which, in my opinion, would be like an eight or nine win season. Uh, they certainly have the talent on offense, but even still, their offense looked terrible. I mean, they got dominated by Syracuse. Um, and they have a big one coming up this week. We're going to be breaking down that game uh, at UCF. You know, they've struggled there. He's had issues uh, as far as with the media. He's done weird things as far as flirting with other jobs, saying weird things about the program. To me, if he doesn't get a turnaround fast, he's going to be fired there for sure. And and so, to me, that's why I have him ranked number two on the uh, asses of fire category. I mean, he's definitely up there. I agree. Now, one thing I've noticed, a lot of these coaches on the hot seat, they've got very bad hat game, okay? Mm. Uh, Scott Frost always wears... The old school raggedy hat, you know, doesn't look too uh, polished. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Scott Satterfield rocks the visor. See, but Kirby Smart's a visor guy. Uh, and I'm not true. a big visor guy, but there's a lot of them in the SEC. Yeah, there's a couple of them. But uh, they've got Ken uh, Niumatalolo, Navy's head coach. Yep. Visor guy. Okay. Uh, Jeff Collins. They He's have number my th- number three. Yeah, they got Jeff Collins number three on here too. Yep. He's a flat bill. I don't know. I think I think the, the flat bill is very. You got to be able to pull is the more, flat bill off. Is more than a flat bill. I don't know if you noticed in the game against Clemson Monday night, he had the flat bill and he was wearing this weird combo of like a long sleeve shirt with like a workout tank with yeah. a hood over the top. He, he needs to focus on football. He looks okay. like a baseball coach. He, he does like a high school baseball coach minus or, or like or like how baseball players dress like during warmups. That's what I think of when I see him. Like flat billed hat. He's got like, you know, like, like, I don't know. There's something about him. I agree with that. And so, I I mean, look, Georgia Tech's terrible. Uh, I tweeted it out during the game. They just need to fucking bring back the triple option because it's sickening. uh, The the Georgia Tech is no longer fun to watch. Georgia Tech used to be one of the most fun games to watch just every weekend because they were always going to get somebody. They ran the triple option super well. I hate that they're so terrible. Um, And he has not turned it around there at all. So, he's my number three. Uh, who else is up there? Uh, David Shaw. Well, Jeff Scott, South Florida, is number okay. two. David uh, Shaw. David Shaw, number four. Interesting. They got Sark, number five, on here. I'm not so sure about that. <sighs> I, it, I think he did so well this offseason. It could happen that, fast, though. Uh, you're right. It, things do happen the, fast it, it in could Texas. Ha- I, I don't have him there yet, but if he has another like six or seven loss year, maybe. Maybe. But uh, the the fourth name I have on here, Yeah. and it's there's an, an asterisk, because to me, he's not on the hot seat, and he shouldn't be. But you mentioned Coach O with the buyout. Now, this was a great story. I don't know where this interview came from or where he was. He was at some kind of an event, and he's talking about 
uh, how, you know, the process of, of being let go at LSU last year. And he mentions that the AD came in and he's saying, hey, things are terrible right now. And Coach O's like, yeah, no shit. And the AD goes, uh, goes, you have $17 million left on your buyout. We're going to give it, you know, give you all of it. And Coach O responded by saying, where do you want me to leave and when? Or which, which door do you want me to walk out of and when, right? Was that the quote? I, I believe It was so. something yeah, like yeah. that. It was, it was like, it was said like, this. That was my opportunity. You know, coaches got a shelf. Some coaches got 50 years. Some coaches got 12. Might as well six. Good. I got to tell you, we had a meeting. Hey, coach, things are not going well. No shit. Ray Charles can see that, brother. <laughs> <laughs> and they were good. And, and Scott Woodward is a friend of mine today. Really, really, a lot of respect for the way they handled me. So and what's uh, next? Well, well I got to tell, tell you this, though. Say, so, Coach, you got $17.1 million on your contract. We're going to give it to you. <laughs> I said, what time you want me to leave and what door you want me out of, bro? <laughs> That's so good. I miss Coach O, man. He's so entertaining. I want him back on a staff somewhere. I want him with uh, with my team. But so well, that's as an assistant. Let's be clear there. To me, that's proof that there are certain schools where they have the funding to where if things aren't going well, they can get gone. And again, I'm not saying Brian Kelly should be on the hot seat because he shouldn't, and I truly believe he's going to succeed there, but I don't think he's going to succeed this year. And you had a pretty interesting interaction. Did you see the one with the the reporter that happened yesterday? Uh, no. So he's giving his 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 uh, or maybe it was Monday, whatever, the, a press conference, and he's is kind of razzing the reporters' room because I guess a reporter showed up late and they were waiting for this for this reporter, and he like oh, Brian I Kelly tried to make a yes. joke and he goes, hey, you know, when I was at Notre Dame, we had a little kitty where if someone's late, they put ten dollars in, and at the end of the season. I have, you know, I take the money. I have a big party at my house, and the reporter fired back at Brian Kelly and said, "Maybe if you won, I'd show up on time." <laughs> oh, oh my gosh! I know, not a good look. So brutal. Do you want me to play that or not? No, that's okay. I okay. mean, like the whole point is that you know the reporters aren't afraid. That they clearly want, uh, you know, a lot of reporters at schools wouldn't say something like that to the head coach. I like it though. At LSU, I do too. And to me, like it just shows that at LSU, like truly everyone there just wants to win football games. And again. I'm not saying he's on the hot seat, but this speaks to what Smitty was talking about on the show on Sunday is that there is a bit of a culture clash here going on with Brian Kelly and LSU. And if things continue to go bad, they could they could go they could get worse and things could snowball. I don't think that's going to happen. And I'm not saying he deserves to be in the hot seat, but it it's it's concerning. Okay, so let's let's separate two different things here. What the media is saying right. and then what the co- what the higher-ups at LSU are saying. Right. The AD and uh, I forget whether it was the chancellor or the president or right. whoever it was, they were raving about Brian Kelly. Yeah, weeks. they're all in on him. And they said, I think the quote was, uh, there's there's an adult in the room for the first time, or there's finally someone mature in the room for the, well, for the first time. I don't appreciate that for Coach O. Look, I know you don't, <laughs> but but for years, less miles nonsense, even though he won, right. and then Coach O, like, this is finally, so it's going to take a while for everyone outside of that. Yep pocket of people to, to get used to it. It's going to be a culture shift for uh, for a year, two years, maybe even three. But if this does see, if, if they do see this to the end and it's not overwhelming for the media and fans, they could be an elite team in a couple of years. But we've seen things get off the rails before that can happen. So just be careful, LSU. Don't get too upset too fast. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I again, I'm not trying to put them in the hot seat, but 
these are just things that can happen when things snowball. But again, I think he has the buy-in from the administration, rightfully so. Yeah. And so I don't actually think it's going to be a concern. Is that it for Asses of Fire? That's right. All That's right. it. Asses of Fire is over. That's it. Uh, hi. I want six tickets to Asses of Fire. We'll check back in mid-season yeah, uh, when things time. are heating up. Who knows? Maybe people will be fired by then. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> Shout out Scott Frost. I'm um, sure we'll have a couple by then. Tyler, before we get to the selection process for the outdated movie uh outdated movie review yes uh let's say a few good things about bet us bet us a few good things well what i love about bet us is they've got some of the best lines now today we're going to be talking about uh some three and a half some seven and a half so if you want to always shop around and make sure you get the best line possible go to betus.com now not guaranteed they're always going to have the best line but they often have the shaded side that we're talking about so it's going to be worth it for you to get that extra half point sometimes an entire point and if you don't if you think yeah, it's a half point, Tyler. It's not that much. I'm not going to sign up with a new sports book for a half point. You would be so surprised how many more games you win by just adding a half point. If everyone right. out there listening goes back a year, a season, and adds a half point to every game, you would be amazed at how much your record improves. Not only that, they've got a casino. It's fun to play the casino games. They've got entertainment bets. If you like to bet on TV shows or uh, like the Emmys or Grammys, things like that. So it's so much fun. And you help us out if you put in promo code TAILGATE when you sign up. That's betus.com, promo code TAILGATE. Take advantage of all their offers. Now, be careful. Look for the rollover. The rollover is sometimes pretty high, but uh, it's worth it. If you're just going to put some money in, have some fun, maybe cash out at the end of the season. If you're not, you want to cash out immediately, I recommend don't take the initial deposit bonus. Take some offers after you sign up and they email you uh, down the road. That's betus.com, promo code TAILGATE. Sign up, start having a lot more fun betting today. Yeah, and like if you're in a state like Texas, and we have a lot of listeners in Texas, there's a lot of states where where gambling is not legalized yet so some of the bigger ones exactly you can use betus because it's an offshore business right and so betus betus betus.com use our our uh, our promo code tailgate because that really helps support the show um and you can bet on other sports besides college football if you're if you want to bet on you know we got week one of nfl coming up this weekend too uh there's gonna be a lot of gambling to be had there so again uh, betus.com and promo code tailgate. All right, let's get to some movie talk. All right, so I have three here. And again, I don't know if you've seen Producer these, Ryan, these movies uh, yet. He texted me some. And Smitty texted some too. Yeah. So I want to hear uh, how many did he text you? Uh, it was a good amount. He was rattling them off. He sent Boys in the Hood, White <laughs> Man Can't Jump, which I've seen. Oh, love that movie. Uh, Blades, tr- uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Okay. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh, these are some real classics. Strange Brew. Very outdated. Uh, Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> Scissorhands? Scissorhands. <laughs> Scissorhands. Yeah, he really went... You know, what's funny is like one of mine is actually like like super recent. And so I know the the, the segment is outdated movie reviews, yeah. but um, interesting. So how many of those have you seen besides White Men Can't Jump? I've seen uh, Edward Scissorhands and that's it. Okay. I actually have never seen Edward Scissorhands. Yeah, it's not bad. You know what? I'm actually not a big Johnny Depp guy. Really? I uh, were you following I, the Amber Heard trial? Closely? I was, and I was on his side regarding. Were you all really that. following it closely? Not following. No, I, but I mean, I saw the new. Like it, it was everywhere. You couldn't avoid it. Right. I, I didn't actually like watch it or follow it, but uh, certainly feel like um, you know uh, I was on his side regarding all that shit. But as far as like actually enjoying a lot, like I don't like a lot of his movies, or I don't like a lot of his. I feel like a lot of his roles are similar. What about Captain Jack Sparrow. Uh, those are good Got movies. I, I was back. never really that big into them for whatever reason. Um, like the whole Pirates of the Caribbean movies. I know everyone loves them, yeah. but to me, like a lot of his other roles, he's just kind of the same. But I will admit, like Blow, I loved him in that. Um, there's certain movies where I thought he was good, 
but I'm just not like the biggest Johnny Depp guy. And some wow. people, some people are like obsessed. Yeah, with that's Johnny that's Depp. gonna ruffle some feathers. We got. I'm not like a hater. News here. I'm not like a hater. Just I think did. Will hates Johnny Depp. He's not my style. You know what I mean? I don't know. There's yeah. something about him that where I don't really get the uh, the, the hype. Yeah. But whatever. Um, Johnny Depp. I have three movies here. Okay. And one of them is actually very recent. It came out uh, mm. this year, but I'm guessing you haven't seen it, and I loved it. It's the Batman, the new Batman movie. No, I haven't seen the new Batman. <laughs> loved it. The other one is No Country for Old Men. Uh, have you seen I that? I have seen that one. Is that the one where the guy's got the little like gun thing he walks around with? Yes. Yeah, I've yeah, seen that. Sugar. I saw it in theater, great so book, it's been too. a long time. Uh, great book. And then Dunkirk. You're not going to be one of those, oh, the book's a lot better than the movie. Kind well, of the book is always now. better than... Mm. What, and name one... One like show me one time where the movie is better than the book. Yeah, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, there's a reason why the book is better because it's easier to tell a story, you know, over 200 pages than it is in 90 minutes. No, no, no. Harry Potter was pretty good. Yeah, mm. uh, but I don't know about better than the book. Still, even whatever. I, I'm not like a snob about it. It's it. No Country for Old Men is a great movie, and it's one of the best adaptations as far as from a book goes. But adaptations, yes, great adaptation. And then Dunkirk. Have you seen Dunkirk? Dunkirk. It's a Christopher Nolan movie. No, a World War II movie. No, very it's good. It's gonna movie make me sad. Well. You no, you no, recommended a war movie last time, and I was so. Well, that was Saving Private Ryan, and that oh that God, does have kind of a sad heavy. ending, but a, a very heavy. No, Dunkirk's not sad or heavy it's actually just a good movie can we do a comedy um, i want to watch a comedy like okay. i want to feel good it's been i've been doing a lot of homework you know for what we should football. do because yeah. i still don't think you've seen it is the princess bride i have not seen that it's about Maybe. princesses and shit right yeah but it's it's a comedy it's not okay. like it's not cheesy it's not i'm not asking you to watch um you know uh, like like a, a movie that a 13 year old girl is swooning over about mm -hmm. how romantic it is it's actually just a <laughs> comedy in fact it, it like makes fun of it's kind of like a satire on traditional uh let's you know, do that princess i'll watch movies. that i want a the comedy. princess bride it's a classic okay and i'm I'll, I'll be very interested to hear your review because it's hard with older movies right when you watch a movie that was a classic from like this the 80s a lot of times they don't necessarily hold up for, for people that are seeing them new right and what you really love is like the oh I remember watching that so long ago. But I actually think you will you will like this movie. So All right, I'm we're gonna it. do the Princess Bride. There it is. Perfect. No sad movies for Tyler. <laughs> we're gonna keep him positive. Uh, Tyler, week will. two. Week two. My Let's God, go. we're Let's here. Go. Uh, here. I want another sound effect. Look, while I'm while I'm got the buttons in front of me, you're gonna get the sound effects. Okay, I love it. Yeah, I mean, we're getting applause. The bands are out on the field. The band is on the field. Uh, we're breaking down one, two, three, four, five, six. We're making we like 10 games, games yeah. 10, 11 games. And again, uh, with Tyler being the person who gambles for a living, he's probably not going to give out a best bet for all of these. But no. seeing as how I am not afraid to do that, because I am just your, your average square, I'm going to give out a pick for all these games. Uh, and so far, they haven't been great. If you do want to go with the George Costanza method, which maybe I should be doing, which is going ag against my first instinct, if you had been just fading my picks, you'd be 10 and 5 right now. <laughs> but I have a feeling this is my week. So we start off with the, with the Friday night game. I mentioned it before, Louisville going on the road at UCF. Yep. Right now, UCF a six-point home favorite. What What is interesting to me about this, Tyler, is that everyone is down on Louisville right now, and rightfully so, because they got... I mean, they got mollywopped by Syracuse. That is partially why I remember I was down on them a couple of weeks ago entering the season. For sure, yeah. And they've, but, but to me, like I think a lot of people thought they had a chance going to that Syracuse game, right. uh, or at least to keep it close. And, they and got, now that's the they story. They got dominated. Line. Yeah, for right. sure. And and the Lion has actually come down a bit. Yeah, I think UCF opened closer to a seven-point favorite. It's now down to six. To me, that means that 
sportsbooks don't like UCF's defense because what we know is that UCF has a good offense. Uh, Louisville should have a good offense. And actually, these two teams played last year. Louisville won, and they scored a lot of points. Yes, it was at home, but they actually beat them. I think they scored 42 points on UCF last year, winning that game. Um, Tyler, I, I'm really, I'm, obviously, I'm interested to hear your breakdown because part of me says, hey, I don't want to trust Louisville anymore. They've burned me so many times, but this is exactly the time when I feel like I should go against what that, that is and, and go with actually against the public because I think the public will be on UCF for this game and Louisville plus six. That's kind of where I'm leaning, but I want to hear your breakdown. Well, this is a big game for Scott Satterfield. You mentioned earlier he's on the hot seat. In every game that he loses, there's going to be more and more pressure. Yep. I unfortunately don't think that's going to be enough for Louisville this game because as I mentioned earlier, uh, whatever it was, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, people were riding Louisville high this year, and I just think the hype is a little too much. I have question marks about their line, question marks about their offensive efficiency, and they're going on the road to a much, much improved UCF team, both defensively. They struggled last year, we know that, but offensively too. You know, quarterback change, uh, uh John Reese uh, Plumley, Rice Plumley, Rice yeah. Plumley, three hundred almost transfer, three hundred and eight passing yards, eighty six rushing yards last week. Very impressive. Uh, I've got a somewhat similar line, but I'm impressed with UCF. I would lean UCF right now. No bet from me, but uh, I just don't think Louisville has the talent as much as they're going to want this game uh, to go on the road and, and pull this off. So I'm going to uh, lean UCF and think that improved defensive line is going to give uh, just enough problems for Louisville not to show up. I am going to – here's what I'm going to do. Because last year Louisville burned me on bets like multiple times, I think three times maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go with Louisville plus six here, and this is the last dance. If they <laughs> – if Louisville gets gets beat out here, I know this goes against the, the smart way to bet. You don't overreact. But I'll never be able to trust them again if they don't, if they don't cover here. I'm not sure if they're going to win, but I think that – that they should be able to score some points. And I think that right now the truth is that no one wants to bet on Louisville because of how poorly they paid, they played last week. And Scott Satterfield should feel desperate. Um, so I'm going to take I'm gonna take the Cardinal plus six. That's your thing, though. They're dead to me. That's the will quote. Uh, they're dead to me. I, never be, I said on that every time they beat me last and then, year, and then <laughs> and I kept, kept betting on them. <laughs> so this is actually – this is what I'm this saying. This is the they're dead to me game. This is, this is the – yeah, this is the last hurrah that Louisville has. It was far, as long as Scott Satterfield is there – if they burn me on this bet, I'll never pick them again. Uh, I do think the Cardinals are better than what they showed week one. Malik Cunningham, very good. He's I awesome. Mean, exactly. I think his upside is you know far greater than what people are in general giving them credit for. But you know UCF, the bounce house, Friday night. This is going to be such a big game. Historically, even when you know UCF has had those questionable defenses or mediocre defenses, they cover the spread in these in these situations. So I will lean. Uh, UCF minus six. It's not a bet board game, but you got uh, you are making it a bet. You like uh, the Cardinals uh, plus six. Plus six. Okay. Louisville plus six. Uh, we move on to the Saturday games. Uh, going to the SEC, South Carolina going on the road to Arkansas. Arkansas an eight and a half point favorite at home right now. Look, I, I'm actually really excited about Spencer Rattler being at South Carolina. I think it's a big transfer for Shane Beamer. I like Shane Beamer. Um, I think that he has a chance to maybe turn the South Carolina program around, but you look even at how Rattler played, you know, last week against they played Georgia State last week. And yeah, they won big, but he was not great. He threw two two interceptions, only had one touchdown. He wasn't super efficient. It looked a lot like the Rattler that we saw that lost his job last year at Oklahoma to uh, to Caleb Williams. Um, and you look at Arkansas, I mean, they just had, they're coming off a big win against Cincinnati at home. 
Um, that was a seven-point spread or six-and-a-half-point spread, depending on when you got it. If you're asking me if I think that Cincinnati is a point-and-a-half better than South Carolina, absolutely I do. Um, I can't see any reason to go against Arkansas at home here. I think that the Arkansas defense, which is super physical and really good in the passing game, I think that they're going to be able to force Rattler into bad situations, force him to turn over the ball. I've got no faith in the Gamecocks as of yet. So I'm going with Arkansas minus eight and a half. Uh, I've got a strong lean South Carolina this game. I think there's a really, really big overreaction to what we saw week one. We saw South Carolina struggle against the Georgia State team. And we saw uh, KJ Jefferson light up the scoreboard, pretty much leading most broadcasts like like the ESPN style, uh, Barstool style, right? Those kind of shows who like recap. Sure. uh, uh, I mean, I guess sort of like our recap show, we sort of do the same thing on, on Sundays where we just yeah. sort of go over the last games. We were all raving about KJ Jefferson. Everyone's talking about Arkansas. So I think that you, right now, if you do take Arkansas, you're going to take them at, at one of their more expensive points in the season. The only reason why it's, it's a good point. The only reason why it's a heavy lean and not an actual bet for me and right there on the edge is I don't know about the South Carolina offense. They went in last weekend with such a pass heavy game plan. Now they rushed the ball 32 times but for only two and a half a carry yep. their leading rusher had 39 yards Spencer Rattler did throw the two picks, 37 pass attempts that's going to have to change and I'm not so sure running heavy on Arkansas is the answer to beat them. No, so yeah. it's not a good matchup and one thing you're going to hear from me this week is I've been really doing a lot of homework recently on improving my handicaps with the X's and O's in the matchups because as a lot of you know out there I get the numbers part down at least I think pretty well now I want to take it a step further and, and talk some matchups and make some adjustments based on matchups and week-to-week situations and I just don't think this is a great matchup for South Carolina for those reasons it, it, it is a lean okay I w- if I had to make a bet here I'm still going Gamecocks but I do have my questions about this offense well you're definitely right because I mean I'm perfect evidence and everyone else is too like we saw Arkansas got a huge win against Cincinnati um, and people are high on them. They were a really good team last year. Obviously, they're kind of a fan favorite, again, because they're like this this feisty underdog that plays really good defense, and uh, Sam Pittman is a super likable guy. So you're right. Arkansas will be the public play here um, in eight and a half. You know, again, it's kind of like that that when you gave out the asymmetric uh, value, you know, during uh, last week's show. Yes. The difference between seven and eight and a half is huge. The difference between eight and a half and nine, maybe not as big. And so um, I like Arkansas here just because I, I truly think that South Carolina is going to struggle to move the ball, and I don't trust Spencer Rattler against a really good defense, which I think Arkansas has. Well, and we've got to be careful. And uh, when I say we, I mean everyone listening, overreacting right. to Week One results. And a part that I think that some people do that by looking at the final score. Right. And the final score last week. South Carolina did beat Georgia State 35-14. So you may say they covered, they blew them out, but really you look deeper. South Carolina had two blocked punts. Yeah, their offense was terrible. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just a lot went their way that game. The turnovers went their way. Georgia State's quarterback went 7 for 29. I mean, right. a lot went their way. And they, and they still, you know scored 35 points which you could make an argument that it could it should have been a lot more so i think that you know for those reasons again that's why it's not a, a like for me a lot of question marks about south carolina but uh, just be careful buying arkansas too high out there all right i'm going pig suey minus eight pig um suey. let's see here we got marshall going at notre dame now look this is an interesting one for me right now notre dame a 20 and a half point home favorite um is this is it a trap game? No, because I don't think Marshall can actually win this game and upset them. But dangerous spot for Notre Dame, coming off a close loss 
to Ohio State in a really big matchup in Week One, and I know they ended up losing by you know eleven or however many it was, uh, but that was a close game for you know basically three and a half quarters. That was a one score game, um, and now they come home against a a Marshall team who is one of the better teams in the Sun Belt. Is not a pushover. They're actually a really good team. Um, I, you know, I do think that the Notre Dame offense is is going to have a chance here to get things going again, hopefully, because they really didn't score a lot, obviously, against Ohio State. This is a, this is a good opportunity for them. Um, but to me, the biggest factor is the Irish defense. They're very good. They kept Ohio State off the board for a lot of that game. Uh, they're super athletic. And if they're motivated, to me, that's the biggest question mark. If they're motivated to come back, get a win at home in, in Marcus Freeman's first uh, home game as as head coach, I think they keep Marshall from getting in the end zone often. The bet that I'm looking at is the Marshall team total under. I'm guessing it's going to be somewhere right around 20. You know, the, the, the game total right now is right around 51, and you're looking about a 20 and a half, 21-point favor, uh, favorite. To me, that, 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 uh, that Marshall team total should be somewhere right around 20 points. Um, uh, or, excuse me, or it should be, yeah, exactly. Give me that again. Or, or Sorry, 10, I'm... Or is it going to be like 14 points? I, I totally fucked up that math. I, I'm drifting. So here. if the total is 51 and Notre Dame is a a 20 point favorite, so we're looking do... at like like 40 to or excuse me like 30 to 10. So 35 15 30. would be 20 points, and that would add to 50. <laughs> so let's go. Let's go like math. like 36 uh, 15 or so. Okay, so that team total will be right around 15. Yeah. I I still even still I you know the math I was doing before was obviously off. I had it at, at uh, 20, but. Um, man, I mean, really, I, well, I, I got to focus on my math. I know you, do, you you do a lot more of that, Tyler. Yeah, I like the team total. I don't think that Marshall's going to be able to score a lot here. Um, I, I actually think they're a really so good let, Sun Belt let's team. Let's give a buy but, price. Let's give a buy price. Like, like uh, what would you say if the team total were uh, obviously under 16 you like? For sure. 15 and a half? Yes. 15? Yeah. 14 and a half? Yeah. 14? Yeah. 13 and a half. 13 and a half, it gets a little trickier because I think there's some garbage time there. But even still, again, it's all about motivation, and that'll be the biggest factor here. But I do think that in in Marcus Freeman's first – you know, uh, home game there in South Bend, and he wants to get his first win. As a, as I know, he got the bowl game win or whatever, but he wants to get his first win as the the, the real head coach, not the interim head coach. Um, I think that, that the defense is going to shut down Marshall, so I like the team total under. Yeah, I don't have a ton to add this game. Uh, I'm going to go the opposite of what I said with Louisville, though, to where you know Satterfield really wants that game for Louisville. I'm not sure if they have the talent for it. Uh, Marcus Freeman and this team are going to want to prove a point, and I think they do have the talent for it. They're not going to be down. You know, they were 17-point underdogs. Everyone's talking about... I think that was a win for them. Not only that, those players are watching Brian Kelly struggle right now at LSU, all feeling so high about themselves. This is where they want to keep it going. I think I see no letdown right now from Notre Dame. Uh, by the way, Marshall, I actually think is a little overrated, which how often do you say that about Marshall? They do <laughs> right. have a lot of good stats. They do have some good efficiency numbers last couple seasons, but there's a reason for that. They haven't played a Power 5 team since 2018, Okay. They're playing easy schedules. They're playing cupcakes. We haven't seen this step up in class for Marshall in five years. So I think that this is going to be a big game for a Notre Dame. I do, Lee, you know, I, I'm not – the Will said it. You know, I know it's not sexy for me not to be giving a lot of picks out, but this is how I go. I, I'm, I'm careful with my picks. But I do like Notre Dame or lean Notre Dame here. So Okay, love it. Uh, I like the team total under. Uh, we move on. This this matchup I'm super excited about. Tennessee going on the road at Pitt. Um it scares me that that Tennessee will no doubt be the public team here. Um, and, and and look, 
Pitt got a, a big win against West Virginia. They didn't cover. So maybe maybe they're not quite as public as I think, but I think right now there's a lot of hype around the Tennessee team right now, around the Volunteers. Last team, these two teams played in Knoxville and Pitt won by seven, but that was actually before Hennon Hooker was the starter. He came in like mid-game during that game, but it wasn't his team yet, and once he became the starter, you saw this team turn around. Uh, Tyler, I'm interested to hear your breakdown, where you're leaning on this game. So when I look at the numbers, it's actually very, very in line with... Uh with my power rankings. But this is one of those games where I say you have to look past the numbers, past the power rankings, and look at the matchups. Look at the X's and O's. See how these teams uh, uh, compare. I had real question marks last week after we saw Pitt at home against West Virginia's line. Right? What, what Pitt was supposed to do that game was dominate on the ground, dominate on the line, and they didn't do that at all. So I do have question marks about the line of Pittsburgh. Um, they usually play well in these games, in these big spots. They are sort of like the upset you know, kids of, of the Big Ten. And I did have Pittsburgh a lot higher than most people this year, but Tennessee's a bad matchup. I, I also like Tennessee, Will. This is going to be a bet for me. Now, what's the current line? Uh, six points. Tennessee okay. minus six at Pitt. Yeah, so this is a, this is going to be one of my best bets. Uh, I like Tennessee uh, minus six. Did you say plus six? Uh, Tennessee minus six at Pitt. Yeah, minus six. So uh, I like this. It's one of my bets. Uh, and again, looking past the X's and O's, a big part of this is Tennessee's game plan is to go downfield. They run vertical routes. And Pittsburgh plays man-to-man. They like to press. And so I think if you look at matchups, Tennessee is going to be able to exploit what Pitt likes to do on defense. They're not going to be able to frustrate them like they do everyone else who goes and plays in Pitt. This is a very good matchup for for Tennessee. So I'll take the Vols. Minus six, this is a uh, best bet for me. Okay. Yeah, I I feel the exact same way. Uh, I know that seeing how West Virginia was able to move the ball and go for big plays against Pitt last week, um, I think this Tennessee offense is one of the best in the country. I think they're way better than the West Virginia offense. They are different schemes, right? The West Virginia offense is that Graham Harrell air raid scheme, so it's very different than what you're going to see at Tennessee. But that being said, you know, I think this Tennessee team is going to finish probably in the top 15, and their offense is the main reason why. I do think that they they have improvements, um, you know, on defense. It's not huge. I don't think their defense is great, but I think that they have the playmaking ability to make key stops when they need it, and you know that's why I think ultimately Tennessee is going to be able to cover this six points here. However, the one thing to maybe factor in if you're kind of on the edge, because Pitt played on Thursday last week, they have two extra days of prep. And it is at home. Now that being said, I still think that I think that um, that ten. I mean, I, I give the edge to to uh, Heupel, Josh Heupel, the head coach. I think he's the better coach. To me, he's turning Tennessee into a monster. I think Hendon Hooker uh, is the better quarterback here, and they have an, an amazing run game. And the offensive line is going to be good. So I think they're going to score a lot of points. Uh, so we both like Tennessee here minus six. There we go. Love it, uh, Tyler. We move on to. Iowa State at Iowa. I do suspect we're going to see a bet board game here. Oh. Um, this one is really fun because Iowa played so horribly last week. Everyone saw it. They struggled against South Dakota State. They won the game 7-3. to three, And by the way, those seven points didn't come from a touchdown. They got two safeties and a field goal. <laughs> so the offense was not great. Um, you know, I think that because of that reason, a lot of the public money is going to be on Iowa State. But even still, Iowa, three-and-a-half-point home favorite right now. Tyler, what are you seeing? Uh, I strongly in Iowa, but I'm not making this a bet because it's three-and-a-half. I'm going to wait till I get three. I'm not going to get greedy because we're recording on Wednesday. I'm going to hold out for a three. I'm very, very confident I'm going to get that later in the week. Will, I'm willing to make a contingent bet with you. If the market moves to three later in the week, then we make it a bet board game because I do like Iowa here, and it's for one reason. 
overreactions after week one. We were going to talk about that as a theme on this week's show. And Spencer Petras had a terrible game last week. I was offense, like you said, didn't score a touchdown. But you go back and look, and I have serious question marks about if this is going to continue. As a matter of fact, Spencer Petras, if you go back and look 2020, 2021, combine those two seasons, he had 118.7 quarterback rating, which ranks 17th in, in the NCAA. He had an offensive efficiency rating of 88.2, which ranks him 21st in the NCAA. And he was ranked number one in the Big Ten last year in a, a stat that I keep ca- called points saved, meaning he doesn't make mistakes like we saw last week. Last week was an anomaly. He went 11-25, one pick, 72.6 quarterback rating. Here's what I think happened with Iowa that we're going to see for a lot of other teams. They were focused on week two all offseason. And this is yep. a theme. When you have a cupcake week one and you've got a big, big game week two, uh, I think Tennessee also fits into that category. Revenge game with Pittsburgh, which is why we both like it. Yep. You're going to see some slip-ups week one. You're going to see some mistakes made week one. This is a common thing you see every season. Iowa, in my, in my estimation, did no prep for South Dakota State, did all their prep for Iowa State, because guess what? Kirk Ferentz is 5-0 and against uh, Matt uh, Campbell overall. Yep. But... Some of those have been close games, though, too. They have. They've all, they're all close. That's yeah. why I'm not taking three and a half here. I refuse right. to take three and a half. So my biggest thing here is everyone is overreacting about Iowa's offense. Are they going to come back and blow the roof off? Of course not. But are they as bad as people think? No, I think that's where the overreaction comes in. So I do lean Iowa. I like it at three. Three is my buy price. I will make it a best bet at three. Uh, but I'm going to hold out for it. I think the Iowa State money is going to come in. And I uh, talked about this last week. There's no need to make it right now. So... I'm going to go uh, Iowa minus three, not minus three and a half right now. So, And I wouldn't be surprised if the market does move that way, Tyler, because again, Iowa looked horrible last week, and you're right. Um, it could have been a look-ahead moment for sure. It could be that all the focus is on Iowa State. You're right, Spencer. I, th- but, but, I think it's Petrus. Petrus, Petrus, whatever. But my, my point here Peter is... Piper, Peter Pepper. I know, so many goddamn names <laughs> in college football. But, uh, but look, you have to ask yourself the question. Is, Spen- is it Petrus, Will? I think it is Petrus. Is yes. Spencer Petrus the same quarterback he was for all of 22 and all of 21, and then he had one bad game? That's what I think. I think he's going to be the same quarterback we've seen uh, over 30 data points of him being pretty consistent, and then one bad data point. I don't think that's going to continue, okay? Or is, for some reason, he now worse than he's been since his sophomore year at, at Iowa? I don't think that's the case. I think everyone's really overreacting. And as I said, this is not a bad or, or, or this is not a great offense. This might not even be a good offense. Right. But to think they're as bad as people are saying right now uh, is, is overreaction, in my opinion. So we'll go Iowa minus three. If you want to make it minus three, we'll, we'll make it a bet board game. Um, hmm. you know, that's, that, that, that's, that's up to you. I mean, look, they did another thing, too. Iowa had a lot of key players out in that game. Um, they were down some guys on offense. And I do think that matters. Um, I look at Iowa State. I like the new quarterback, Hunter Deckers. We obviously we, we haven't seen a lot of, of of playing time, and so that could mean nothing. Uh, same thing with the new uh, running back replacing Brees Hall, uh, Jarrell Brock. Um, I think these are good players. Um, I think the main thing is that I think that Iowa State has a good enough defense to keep it close. Now they lose a lot of guys again. Iowa State lost a lot of guys um, from their you know the teams that kind of made them more competitive the last couple of years. But I do think that you know again. We don't have to get into a whole discussion, but but Matt Campbell is a defensive-minded coach, and typically he has he has strong defenses there, and so I think his scheme will be enough to limit this Iowa defense. And maybe they're not as bad as they looked week one, but you're right. I mean, they're not. We're not. No one's expecting them to be a really good offense, right? 
No, no, I agree. I mean, hey, if this if there's going to be a year, this could this year could be the one. And I, by the way, the whole Matt Campbell hate that's gone. Right. I don't think that anymore because no one's raving about him being the best coach in college football anymore. So I think he's accurately, properly rated, and I've got no issue with Matt Campbell. Um, yeah, man, three points. I mean, obviously, I love having Iowa State plus three and a half. Um. Do it for the audience. You've always been a man of the people. Well, and I mean, it's at the worst case, the half point's only going to cost me a push. Um, okay, yeah, I'll take it at, at Iowa State plus three. Okay. I'm going to back it is. I'm gonna back my guy, Matt Campbell, it's the greatest coach game. the world has ever seen. <laughs> Don't start. Uh, um, the Cy- I mean, whatever. I, I'm actually just excited to watch the game because the Cyhawk game is usually really good. Uh, and I do think it, it should be a close battle. I do as well. I think it's going to be um, one of the better games this weekend. And like this is the year where Iowa State doesn't have the hype, and so they might actually be flying under the radar a little bit, uh, which which could help them as well. Uh, we stay with some uh, some Big 12 teams here. Um, obviously, as far as Iowa State goes, uh, we're not going to spend a ton of time in this game, but Kansas State only a 13.5-point favorite on the road at West Virginia. I know Kansas blew out Tennessee Tech or whoever the fuck they played week one. Um but is Kansas actually like not terrible for once? I don't know. I refuse to believe that they can stop the West Virginia offense and score enough to stay within 14. I know they have their like games every year. They beat Texas that one year. Um, I, I, to me, I can't pick this Texas team, especially on the road against a West Virginia team that I think is vastly improved from last year, especially on offense. Um, I'm fading Kansas until they prove me wrong. So I'm taking West Virginia minus three and a half here. I don't have too many notes on this game. One thing I do want to say, when you look at units, individual units in the country, I don't know if I saw a bigger upgrade in my ratings from West Virginia's offensive line. And honestly, their defensive line played very well last week as well. This is going to be interesting what West Virginia is able to do this year in terms of versatility on offense. Yep. Uh, we're going to see JT Daniels in all different kinds of situations. I'm excited about what West Virginia can do right now. So I actually, uh, I think West Virginia has played this game and look for their line to really show up and dominate and uh, control the uh, both sides. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I'll take West Virginia minus 13 and a half. Tyler, big Kansas fan. Love it. Um, oh, what are you talking about? I said West Virginia. <laughs> I know. I'm fucking with you. Um, Kentucky at Florida. Uh, Kentucky, a, a, a excuse me, a six-point underdog right now uh, on the road at Florida. I love this matchup because the Gators get a rivalry game right after this huge win over Utah. And to me, that could potentially smell disaster. Um, that hangover uh, game after the huge win, and now all the hype. They, they run up to number 12 in the AP. Um, now, look, Kentucky struggled in the first half against Miami of Ohio last week, which is not a great sign for, for Kentucky. They don't have Chris Rodriguez. He's still suspended from the DY in the offseason. Um, to me, it, it, this is just scary because of the the vast change from where we saw Florida a week vast. ago to now. It is. It's a massive change. I mean, we, we talked about the oh, AP I just like that overranking word. them. Vast. It's a good word. Um, but could Kentucky, again, to your point with Iowa, could Kentucky have been looking past Miami, Ohio the whole time to maybe prep for this Florida game? A hundred percent. For sure. And I don't, I don't know if that's Mark Stoops' like style big time, but I know the public is going to be all over Florida here. Um, and to me, it's a tricky. it's tricky with the line being at six. Uh, if it goes up over seven, Ooh. I think I would jump on Kentucky at that point. 
this as long as it stays at six or it goes below, especially, I think I do want Florida because ultimately they showed me that they're that they're super talented with that win um, over Utah. The, the hangover definitely scares me. This is a, a tough spot, and and again, the public's going to be all over Florida here. And I like Mark Stoops a lot as a coach, but I think that Florida should be able to take care of business. If it drops below six, I'd be all over it. If it's five and a half. Um, but I don't really see that. Uh, I don't see that happening. I think if anything, this line is going to go more in Florida's favor as more money comes in from the public. And at that point, if it goes over seven and a half, I'd probably lean Kentucky. But as of now, I guess I'll go with Florida minus six. Um, if it goes up over seven and a half, if it keeps climbing up, I, I mean, at that point, like I, I might have to just like look for a middle situation, even though it'd be small. Uh, that's not the worst <laughs> idea ever, to be honest. I mean, a six and a seven and a half would be big if it does move there. I don't know if we're going to get there. It opened up at four and a half. It's really stabilized at six. Unless we get some big money on Florida, which I don't see happening. Um, I think we're going to be right around here, but I have a very strong lead towards Kentucky this game. The only reason I don't is because uh, Mark Stoops, he's not great against the spread. He's 46% career at uh, Kentucky, but he's 52% straight up. So he wins but doesn't cover. And as an underdog, he's 25, 28, and 3. So I just don't see him really exceeding expectations here. And, you know, Kentucky's only real concern is replacing their wide receivers. Besides that, I expect a very similar team to what we got from last year's 10-3 and overall squad. But, you know, the only reason it's a lean is because I don't know what Florida is yet. Uh, Billy Napier, you know, they looked very focused, very mistake-free, something we haven't seen from Florida in a long time. This could be a real coach, you know, and and I don't want to fade what could be a great coach who we haven't identified as a great coach yet. Right. Uh, Florida could be a, a very good team that we haven't identified as a very good, if not great team yet. And I think there's just a lot we don't know about Florida yet. So I'm not saying Florida is a great team, but I'm not ready to say they're, uh, uh, you know, I'm right there in the middle with them to, compared to where everyone else is. So I think there's a lot of positives to take away from their win against uh, Utah. I had Utah pretty high in my rankings. I think that was a big win. So again, there's just so many unknowns with Florida that uh, they could be a lot better than I think right now. So for that reason, and for that reason, I'm out. <laughs> the shark Tank. Well, shark I love tank, it. Yes. Um, yeah, no, I mean, look, you're right. This could be a situation where Florida just bursts on the scene. Are they going to win the SEC uh, East and compete with Georgia? No. Let's just be honest. That's probably not going to happen. The chances of that are very slim. But could this be a team? And by the way, Kentucky lost a lot from the team last year. I know they have Will Levis, who, for whatever reason, like NFL like uh, mock drafts have him going as like maybe the number one quarterback, which to me is insane. I know he's talented. He's big. He has like the the athleticism and, and the size and the arm strength. People like compare it almost to like a Josh Allen situation, but he hasn't shown that kind of play to where you know he's just like a dominant force in the field just yet. He's been good. He's had really good games. But you, I mean, they lost Wandale Robinson from last year, who was their their best playmaker at wide receiver. Um, and I, as I mentioned before, not having Chris Rodriguez, like to me, this Kentucky team is kind of a question mark. So again, as of now, I like Florida minus six, but I think this line could be moving. Well, and to be clear, you know, some of my uh, concerns from Kentucky were the ideas of, uh, well, excuse me. I, I I just want to push back a little bit with what you said with uh, you know not a lot of players coming back. I think that yeah they did lose some pieces, but the players coming back I think are important and will and through the season you know fill that role enough. So I don't think they're losing too much. I just don't know my my pass here is all about Florida. I mean, I did mention, you know, Mark Stoops not great against the spread, especially on the road as an underdog. But this is more about Florida. Could be a very, very good team. Could be a letdown. A lot of different scenarios here. So, 
Okay. Yeah, love it. Um, we move on to the Pac-12, the high and mighty Pac-12, Tyler. Mm. Um, USC going on the road to Stanford. The Trojans, who, as I mentioned, are ranked in the top 10, which I'm not sure if they deserve that just yet. Um, Nine-point favorite on the road at Stanford. Uh, this is obviously the the biggest first game in Lincoln Riley's head coaching career for the Trojans. Um, to me, this could be a, a marquee win and a sign that he does have the program moving in the right direction. Obviously, they lit up the scoreboard against Rice last week, but that's Rice. Um, you mentioned that or when we talked about the asses of fire that David Shaw should be in the hot seat. And frankly, I think they've underperformed greatly in the last few years. He was a guy who, when he first took over for Jim Harbaugh, he was great, and he continued it for a while. It wasn't just Harbaugh's players. For like four years there, he was really good, and things have really taken a, a deep dive. Yeah, I know that their quarterback is, again, seen as like an NFL guy, but we just haven't seen that kind of play on the field. And to me, I can't trust a Stanford offense that really doesn't score a lot of points. Their defense isn't nearly as dominant as what we're used to seeing under David Shaw. And again, this is motivation factor for Lincoln Riley to come out with a big statement win. Even though Stanford might not be that good, it's a statement win for the first you know Pac-12 matchup totally. against a team that should be tough. I think you could see Southern Cal completely blow Stanford out in this game. So for that reason, I, I'm definitely uh, leaning USC minus nine. Yeah, USC is super similar to Florida for me because uh, they you don't know how good they can be. Now I mentioned earlier, you know, I have them number fourteen, but they're only a couple points out of the top ten in terms of, you know, if it were a point spread. So I like USC. I think they're going to be very good this year. They may be actually a little overrated nationally, which is why I do question going all in on this game. But uh, Stanford, defensive concerns. We're going to see this this game, what USC's defense looks like. They didn't really get tested last game. This is going to be a good uh, a litmus test for that defense, especially the front seven. So I'll, uh, I'll lean USC minus nine. I think that we start to see this team improve, get that, uh, that fingerprint of Lincoln Riley, and this is going to be a good team. This could be one of those kind of breakout games. So yeah, and you know, I know I think it's already probably too late to get good value on on Caleb Williams as a Heisman bet. But to me, you know, you look at USC's schedule; um, it's very favorable, especially if they can get that win against Utah. Yeah. to the point where they could legitimately make a, a playoff run. And we know Caleb Williams is going to put up a ton of numbers, like every quarterback in Lincoln Riley's offense does. So to me, like he's a he's a very viable Heisman candidate at this point. Totally, I agree too. Um, Baylor going on the road at BYU. Baylor. A future Big 12 matchup, Yep, but not just yet. Baylor, a three-point underdog going at BYU. I'm a little bit surprised by this spread. Oh, I, no. I know that at BYU oh, is a no. tough place to play, Tyler, uh, with the altitude and everything. And yeah. BYU is a really good football team. But f- there is like a part of me that says people are maybe discounting Baylor. They forgot how good this team was last year. And they bring a lot back. And so, I don't know. It sounds like you're leaning BYU minus three here. No, no, no. I got scared because I thought you were going to say this line reeks and you love Baylor. And every time you say that, it goes horribly wrong. I don't know if it reeks, but it, 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 I would have <sighs> guessed it would be more like a pick em game, honestly. Yeah. Okay, well, look, sometimes those opinions are right. And, <laughs> and I think this is one of those times. Um I Baylor plus three and a half is probably my best bet of the weekend. Okay, and, and um, it's floating around three, three and a half, but especially if you can get it three and a half. Yeah, three and a half for sure. I do like it at three still. And just to be clear, I res- I love Will's picks. I respect Will's opinion. But whenever anyone says this has been my point this season, <laughs> whenever anyone goes, uh oh, this line looks horrible. How can this line ever be? I feel like this might be that game for the public now. The public's going to be right half the time. So sometimes I'm with all the Jimmys and Joes out there. And this is going to be one of those games. Baylor plus three and a half. 
is uh, my best bet of the week. I think Dave Aranda will simply outcoach Kalani Satake. Baylor is going to run the football, I believe, with relative ease. Last year's matchup, Baylor outrushed BYU 303 to 67, and they are only better this year on the offensive line. BYU did lose their top two wide receivers uh, last week. Now they came back, but they're banged up, both of them. Will yep. not be 100% this game. So a lot of reasons why I think Baylor's underrated. I think BYU is a little overrated. Uh, Dave Aranda has not done well on the road so far, but you do a deep dive on those games. His team actually is performing very well in terms of efficiency. And a lot you'll hear me talk about that a lot. I keep all different kinds of stats. You've got to look past the box score to get the real idea of how teams are performing. And Dave Aranda has actually what you see in the box score and in the against the spread they've done much better than that on the field so i think it's going to be a statement game for baylor they could win this thing outright three and a half three is a good number baylor's my best bet of the week at byu yeah i mean i think i'm definitely leaning that way especially with the line where it is with, with getting three points and again i do think the altitude is a legit factor when it comes to byu they're a very good team at home no it is um they went down to to i think south florida last week and just demolished them uh byu did with their week one uh matchup i think this b i, I think kalani Satake is a great coach i think he's doing amazing things i don't at, want at to BYU. discount him or byu but you're right aranda is like a He's an incredible, especially in big games, incredible big game head coach. Um, so, again, to be catching three points here, uh, I'm with you there. So we're both on, on Baylor plus three. If you can get it three and a half, even better. So, again, wow. we uh, we Tyler and I, historically very good on picks where we're on the same side when it comes to best bets. Yes, that is, uh, that is true. That is very true. Um, okay, so Baylor plus three. We move on to a SEC Pac-10 matchup. Usually doesn't go very Pac-12. well. Or, uh, sorry, Pac-12. You're right. living in the past, man. <laughs> <laughs> Usually doesn't go very well for the Pac-12. Uh, Mississippi State going on the road at Arizona, currently a 10-point favorite. Mm-hmm. Now, Arizona, who a lot of people predicted to be one of the worst teams in the Pac-12, um, they had actually a really, like, they dominated San Diego State on the road uh, last week. And San Diego State, I think, was favored by, like, almost double digits in that game. It was a big favorite, yes. So that's a big upset. And I don't know what to, to make of that. I don't know if that means San Diego State is is falling off, if they're just going to have a bad year, or if Jed Fish is really turning things around in Arizona. And to me, I think it's probably leaning more towards Jed Fish is making something out of nothing in Arizona because, frankly, I would think that Mississippi State would be a bigger favorite here, especially if these teams had played last year. And so I think that is a sign of improvement. Now, that being said, um, I don't know that the Arizona defense is going to be good enough to stop you know, um, Will uh, Rogers and and this Mississippi State offense, which is prolific. I call him Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers. Yeah. That should be his nickname. Mr. Rogers. Be, yeah. Mike Leach and Mr. Rogers. <laughs> start that. Yeah, I mean, we know about Mike Leach, what his teams like to do, but that Mississippi State defense is very good, and I know it's a, it's a road game and it's at Arizona, um, but again, that heat shouldn't be a problem because people in Mississippi are, are used to humidity heat, so the heat in the desert is not, not going to... Uh, be, be an issue for them. Um, Tyler, I'm leaning Mississippi State minus 10 here, but I am worried because, again, I feel like that's going to be a, a big public bet. Um, I'm also with you. I like Mississippi State here. Um, now, there's a couple things going against it to make it a huge bet for me. It starts at 10 p.m. Uh, what would be local time Eastern, in Mississippi. yeah. Or so, Central. Yeah, so that's, well, whatever it is. It'd be 10 o'clock Mississippi time. So that is Mississippi time. It is central, yeah. Um, I think they're yeah. I think yeah, they're central. Yeah, they are. It's eleven Eastern here. Um, I, I think Arizona played very well last week. As a matter of fact, Arizona is one of my more upgraded teams. 
But that was also on San Diego State. They looked very, very bad, and they made things easy for Arizona to exploit some of these new players and exploit or exploit uh, uh, that San Diego State defense and put some of those new players on display. They're, they're going to get better through the season. You know, Jed Fish is such a new, he's such a refreshing coach at Arizona who needed an upgrade. And all these new talent, you know, all these all these new names, all this new talent, they're already stepping up. That UTEP wide receiver, Jacob Crowning, what do you have? Eight catches, 152 yards. You know, so I it's think a, the transfer. Yeah, the transfer from UTEP. Yep. So they're good. Uh they're they're right now ahead of where a lot of people had some of these teams in the Pac twelve, but they're stepping up in class. Mississippi State's gonna throw the football. They're gonna take advantage of of Arizona, but you know, you just wonder how much will night, how much will the travel affect them. This seems like a pretty good line, but I think Mississippi State will pull away, and uh, I, I'll lean with them minus ten and a half. Yeah, to me, it's more about the Mississippi State defense. I do like the uh, the new quarterback there at Arizona, uh, Delora, I think is his name. Delora. Um, and, and I like Jed Fish. He actually, um, he's an NFL guy. He was on Harbaugh's staff for a couple of years there, uh, 2016, uh, 2017, when they, when things were really good uh, at Michigan. Um, and he, you know, he's a, he is an NFL guy. He has that kind of, of pedigree. I, I believe he, he was with the, uh, the Los Angeles Rams for a while on Sean McVay's staff. Um, he's an offensive mind. And so I don't doubt he's going to turn things around, but you said it, it's a step up in class. And I think Mississippi State is probably underrated in, in the national scope. Uh, and, you know, like I mentioned before, typically when SEC teams face off with Pac-12 teams, it doesn't go well for the Pac-12. But the, Mississippi State's also looking better and better. It's the way they're playing. And they finally, like, like settled in. This is Mike Leach's team. They finally had this identity. I know last year they did pretty well and they moved the football, but what you saw week one was so different than even last year. They were composed. They 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 matriculated down the field in, in a very efficient way. I mean, it was Mike Leach's offense. They didn't do anything crazy. Didn't have to didn't have to call any crazy plays. So I think they're going to be rolling. I think they're going to hit the ground running. And uh, Arizona, even though they did look good, they're going to get thinned out. I think in the secondary. So. Uh, Mississippi State. The more we talk about it, the more I like this. So okay, love yeah. it. And then the last game. This is actually your one, uh, best bet that you have. Yeah. Uh, we stay with a Pac-12 matchup. Arizona State going on the road at Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State an eleven point favorite right now. Yes, eleven point favorite. I think this is a big overreaction uh, now. Uh, uh, week one, Oklahoma State looked good against uh, Central Michigan, and then they gave up some late points. So we'll talk about that in a second. But I think this is an overreaction to Oklahoma State and what they lost last season. A lot of people had question marks about Oklahoma State replacing talent. Yep. And this is, in my opinion, Mike Gundy doing a great job again of getting in three-star talent and coaching these, these guys up, putting them in that system, and they produce immediately. So I talked earlier about... Uh, uh, misguided or uh, uh, misrepresenting results, right? Things from the first week that don't represent exactly how these teams played. Oklahoma State was up 51 to 15 in the third quarter. That ended up like a, a one or two score game. They took out all their starters. Central Michigan's, you know, came back out a whole bunch of garbage time points. Yep. And Oklahoma State didn't look nearly as dominant as they were. On the other side, you got an Arizona State team who's taken a big, big step up. A lot of distractions behind the scenes. I'm not so sure, as we've said a couple times, that even though Herm Edwards has the motivation for these guys to play well and he really wants to win, I don't know if they have the talent to do so. So uh, I like Oklahoma State. They are currently minus, I believe, 11. Yep. Uh, we'll make that uh, another best bet of ours for the week. Yeah, you know, I don't... Um, I definitely wouldn't take Arizona State plus 11, but I, I don't love Oklahoma State minus, minus 11 either. And it's mainly because... 
of what Herm Edwards, especially, you know, Arizona State last year, again, like we've mentioned it so many times, the turmoil that's going on there at the program. Um, no one knows when the NCAA is going to come down with sanctions, right. who could be fired, whatever. They've lost a lot of guys in the coaching staff because of that. Um, but they're still like a dangerous team. And one thing that like NFL coaches have, especially when they come to college, and it's also kind of the nature of the NFL, right, is that they have a very specific system, and sometimes it works great in some games, and the next week it can look like shit. And that's kind of the way the NFL works. In college, you have guys that, that you know maybe adjust things a little bit more, and it, there's a little more consistency. But what I think you see a lot of when NFL coaches come down to the college ranks is that some weeks they look like incredible. And it's like, oh my gosh, no wonder. Like He's an ex-NFL head coach, and the next week it just they, they fall completely on their face. And yeah. so Arizona State is a wild card team to me. And so if I had to pick one way, yeah, I'd be with you. I'd take Oklahoma State because, again, I do think you're right. I think that people kind of doubted the Cowboys a little bit too much with how much they lost, but they still have Spencer Sanders, who's been there for like 85 years, um, <laughs> and, and they're a very talented team and a good defense. But I don't. I just the only reason why I don't love it is because it wouldn't surprise me either to see Arizona State come out like motivated and, and play a really good game and keep it close. Um, I don't think that they have a great chance of winning outright, but um, there's so much variance with, with the Sun Devil, so I don't love that pick. Okay. But we do have one bet board game, right? We do have a bet board game. So let's go over the picks again. Uh, my best bets are uh, Tennessee minus six, uh, Iowa minus three. We've got, let's see here, Baylor plus, uh, well, let's give out plus three. I'm pretty sure three yeah. is the consensus number right now. Okay. Baylor plus three. And Oklahoma State minus eleven. Okay, and I've got uh, Louisville plus six, possibly the last time I ever do it. Um, <laughs> Arkansas minus eight and a half. Um, oh, you know what? Oh, I, you know what? What are we? Do, what are we talking about? We haven't no. even. <laughs> I keep saying it. <laughs> we haven't even talked about Bama, Texas. Oh my I wa- god! I wanted to save oh, it. I god. wanted to save it for last, so I skipped over it in my notes uh, because that's the big matchup for the weekend. So mm. my gosh, well, uh, <laughs> What's going on it's the biggest matchup. Uh, we almost didn't even cover it. Okay. Alabama, 19.5 points right now is the consensus, although it's right around 20 as well, uh, depending well, on where you look. If you listen to Joey Galloway, that you, hold off if you want to bet Texas. That thing's getting up to 30. Yeah. Did I, you hear Joey Galloway yeah. on ESPN? He's a <laughs> Joey Galloway. Um, but they, they advertise his picks as if he's like a... He's a sharp. As if he's Biff Tannen from Back to the Future. He, he's got a... Who's the legendary sports better? That, Billy like, Walters. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. the exact same thing. It's hysterical. Joey Galloway and Billy Walters. Oh, um, God. So 19.5 or 20, but... Uh, it seems like the consensus right now is that it's come down to 19 and a half Alabama favored over Texas game is in Austin. Now look by all accounts, Alabama should roll Texas, right? Um, new young quarterback in Quinn Ewers. That makes for a hell of a second start in his college career yes. uh, playing Alabama, you know, and what we saw last year against even good teams though, is that Texas and Sark come out with a great game plan early to attack, right? We saw them in the Oklahoma game. They were like up 21 points at one time. I mean, how many games did they lose where they had massive leads early and they were really good at scoring early because I think that Sark is really good at coming out with that game plan. Um, I do think that Alabama will at some point take over and assert dominance uh, and it could get ugly. But again, like if, if things get out of hand and Bama's up 24 late, you also have a real chance that Hudson Card comes in and is motivated to score late and kind of get a backdoor cover there as well. Um, if it goes up above 20 
you know, if, if this creeps up to, obviously, if it creeps up to 30, like Joey Galloway says, I'd be all over Texas. If it goes to like 21 and a half, especially, if it were to get up to that high, I would. I think I would lean Texas. Um, if it stays under 20 where it is now, I'd lean Alabama. But the real bet that I'm going to be making, the one that I like, is wherever, whenever you can find a first quarter line, I want Texas first quarter against the spread. Okay. Um, it should be, you know, probably somewhere around four and a half or five points. Um, again, they were such a good team early all last year and I do think that is because Sark knows how to come out with a good game plan on how to attack and and a lot of times it was deep shots on like play action plays and things like that where he finds a, a, a weak spot in the defense potentially and he exploits it early and typically the other teams would adjust and then that wouldn't happen anymore that's why they lost a lot of games last year but whatever that first half spread is that's what I'm taking uh, is, is Texas probably plus you know four and a half five points I think uh, Sark is really good at the X's nose calling plays but I'm wondering if he's going to come in with the game plan to disrupt Alabama. Are, are they going to hold the football? Are they going to try and keep it out of Alabama's hands? Right. Really frustrate them. Good point. Milk the play clock every single time. Like That's, in my opinion, what they need to do. Uh, having said that, a lot of money's coming in on the over, and I'm simply not going to bet this game because it's all over the place. Now, I do have a couple things if you want to handicap this game for you to answer, but this could go so many different directions, and really, I don't know what kind of Texas team this is yet, which, which kind of leads me to the two questions. So, if you want to handicap this game, or at least get down the right path, ask yourself these two questions. A, the first one, what is Nick Saban's motivation? Okay, If Alabama is head and shoulders above Texas, what is the motivation for Alabama to pull away late, keep you know their foot on the gas? I'm not so sure. There's a history with Bama. Interesting. And, 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 or Saban in Texas. You know, uh, Steve Sarkeesian was part of his staff, yeah. you know, and so I'm not so sure, given all like the backdoor relationships here, if there's going to be motivation, does he want to lay it on? Does he not? If you can answer that, you're going to have a good idea. And that's, again, contingent on, are they that much better? Which I think they probably are. And the second thing is, just answer this. And I know this is kind of broad, but how good is Texas? And the reason I say that is Texas is the single team in the Power Five. You look at all the Power Five teams. In my projections, they're the team with the biggest outcome of possibilities. Right. The variance for Texas is huge. They could be anywhere from an elite team knocking on the door to the playoffs to a 500 team. And I know everyone's saying that right now about Texas, but that's what you have to answer if you want to handicap that game. So what's the motivation for Saban to pull away if they can? And then how good really is Texas? Are they able to put a stop to what Alabama wants to do? So, Yeah. I mean, look, again, like, Nothing would shut. You're right. There's so much variance in Texas, right? It wouldn't shock me if Texas. I mean, remember that year in uh, in um, Tom Herman's last year? They almost took down LSU. The, the year the LSU went undefeated and nobody could beat him. The national championship year, they had a real ch- shot in that game, and especially early in the year. And I've mentioned this, I think, last week when we were talking about. Um, gosh, I don't remember the team, but again, like. Uh, not knowing how it was with Florida. It was actually a reason why I thought Florida had a chance against Utah is that early in the year, like there's not a lot of reason for these Texas players to doubt themselves because they haven't like gotten their ass kicked by anyone yet. They haven't played like shit yet. And so they actually have like an advantage in the fact that this is an early week game because to them, like the sky is the limit. It's a clean slate in Texas for all their flaws. They're always talented, right? Um, and, and I remember when they played the national championship game against Alabama, no one gave him a shot and they almost won with a backup quarterback. You know what I mean? So 
to me, like the talent is there to where they could keep it close. Um, nothing would surprise me though. Alabama could win this game by 35, right? Um, or it could be a close game and Alabama ekes it out. I don't think Texas wins, but again, you know, the bet that I like the most is first quarter Texas. I, I like that. It's interesting. Um, this is yeah, this is a total pass for me, but I like the approach there. The first quarter bet that's uh, that's an interesting one. I like that. Okay, so again, going over uh, our, our picks. So I have Louisville plus six, Arkansas minus eight and a half. Uh, first quarter Texas, pretty much regardless of what it is, it should be somewhere between you know around four or five. Um, I like the Marshall team total under, uh, especially if it's under you know uh, fourteen and a half or more. Um, Tennessee minus six, we're both on. I like Iowa State plus three, West Virginia minus thirteen and a half. Florida minus six, USC minus nine, Baylor plus three, Mississippi State minus ten. You got some action on the board. I got that's I, again, what they say. You I got to crawl action. my way back in. <laughs> I already gave mine out. I don't need to give mine again, do I? Uh, no, we're good. Okay. okay. So well, again, uh, I, I'm excited for week two. Thank you guys for listening. Um, do tell your friends. Follow us on uh, on on the uh, on the socials. On the socials, Twitter at, at CFB underscore Pod, College Football Tailgate on Instagram. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week.